0: To Crime on Caffeine. I'm your host, Erica. And I'm your host, Allison. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Today,
1: we'll be sipping on a coffee that my sister actually recommended. It's from Bones Coffee. We are drinking the Jacko Lantern. Sorry, my bad. Jacked. <laughs> Jackdo Lantern, which is a pumpkin spice coffee because I'm annoying. And it's October. Also,
0: the branding on this coffee is superb. I want to try the um whatever the Frankenstein one is. The, yes, it's like was... chocolate hazelnut. Hmm. I think it's called
1: Frankenbones. If I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes. But they also have other really cool flavors like cannoli, which is called Holy Cannoli, and the packaging is so cute. I just can't get over all the packaging. It has like it looks like the godfather but it's
0: a skeleton it says holy cannoli we should just do like one of their
1: bundles or starter packs we could do that because there are so many more to try but i will say the jackdell lantern i'm loving this so thank you lexi for telling us that you like bones coffee and for basically having a horde of it in your home for us to know which flavors to get. This is a great start to my wonderful day and a great start to October. Welcome to October. Spooky season.
0: Yes, we are going to bring out our spookiest cases for you guys. If you have any last minute recommendations of some scary or super creepy or freaky or just really messed up cases, let us know. You can DM us on Instagram or Twitter at crime on caffeine and go on to our website, fill out a form or just, you know, shoot us an email, old fashioned, good old email, good old fashioned email.
1: I will say this week, it's not a spooky season case, but it was recommended. I was at my friend's engagement party, shout out Mike and Carson, and my friend Chris, shout out Chris because she do be listening, recommended this case. If you haven't heard of it, it is the case of Mary Vincent, and we all know that I'm typically a serial killer, murderer kind of person, but this case was so just wild that I had to do it.
0: I don't know this news. I don't know. Mary Vincent? We'll see. I feel like I would have to like hear the story and then I'll know if I knew it. Okay, because it was, yeah. it was a pretty big story. It got a lot of press
1: back in the 70s 80s when it happened. And I know that Mary Vincent has been on shows like I Survived.
0: So this is a very noteworthy case. Okay.
1: Okay. Do we have any true crime news?
0: Other than, I mean, I know like Brian Laundrie, he's still out and about. Uh, They announced today that when he's found, he's probably going to get hit with like some more serious charges. I mean, that's kind of a given, but someone said that, He thinks he saw him in like the Appalachian Trail. Which is wild. There's a lot of speculation going around about his whereabouts. I know the FBI
1: are looking for him. I know the world is looking for him. I know Dog the Bounty Hunter is looking for him. So we've got all sorts of people trying to find this man. And then I don't have many updates for Maya Marcano, but we do know that her body was found oh yeah i saw that if you don't have any other news erica then i'm gonna get into this all right i'm excited as you should be well, all of a sudden of course i'm fine all day and now my nose is like stuffy and i sound stupid
0: <laughs> you have to be so hard on yourself you sound dumb
1: <laughs> no i'm gonna be all right i'm gonna be all right Mary Vincent grew up as one of seven children in her household in Las Vegas, which was a life that she didn't really enjoy that much. Her father worked as a mechanic, and her mother was a blackjack dealer. After they announced that they were going to get a divorce, she decided that she didn't really want to be a part of that world anymore, and since she wasn't really close to them anyway, she decided to run away. She lived on the streets or in parked cars for a bit before she decided that she was going to go see her grandfather in California. On September 29th of 1978, Mary Vincent was just 15 years old when she made the decision she was going to pursue her dreams to be a dancer. She held up a sign on the side of the road that said heading south in hopes that somebody would pick her up and drive her to Los Angeles.
0: Oh, this never ends
1: well. But maybe in the real end, end of it all, it will. 50-year-old Lawrence Singleton, which, um, weird fact, I just wanted to put this in here. He's from, He was born in Tampa, Florida. Figures figures, right? Mm -hmm. I was literally doing the research and I was like, oh, okay, of course. So 50-year-old Lawrence Singleton was driving in his blue van along the freeway when he saw her and decided to stop his vehicle. She accepted a ride, even though in a later interview on the show, I Survived, she said that there were two other people standing with her with pretty much the exact same sign. And when he pulled up in his van, which was empty in the back, he mentioned that he only had room for one person.
0: Oh, sis, come on. They warned her
1: it might not be the best idea, but she got in and felt comfortable enough after a while that she decided she was going to take a nap. She was really tired from, you know, kind of being outside all the time and trying to find shelter. So she felt comfortable enough to take a nap in the car. When she woke up, she was startled by the fact that they were going in the opposite direction of Los Angeles. And when she mentioned it to Lawrence that he was going the wrong way, he reassured her that they were just going to make a few stops and then he was going to take her to Los Angeles. One of those stops was a rest stop or a truck stop. I'm not sure what they call them in California. I know like in Florida, they call them a rest stop. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they were there to take a bathroom break. Mary was starting to feel a little bit uneasy about the situation, so when she noticed that her shoe was untied, she knelt down to tie it, just in case she needed to make a run for it. She was just made a run for it. Well, before she could get back up on her feet, Lawrence hit her upside the head with a sledgehammer, and Mary immediately went out. With a sledgehammer? How are you not dead? I don't know. The hell... When she finally came to, she was now in the back of the van, and she was tied up. Each of her arms was fastened to an opposite side of the van walls. Lawrence then raped and sodomized Mary multiple times throughout the night. No, I don't like that word. I know, but I had to say it's what he did. She recalls in her interview that it was around six times before he made her drink alcohol from a plastic jug. And then she passed out. And when it became morning, she woke up to him cutting the ropes off of her hands, and she thought he was going to let her go. So Mary pleaded and begged for her release. Lawrence Singleton then replied, if you want to be set free, I'll set you free. Lawrence then took an axe from the van and cut off her arm. She recalls holding on to him so tightly, but when she looked down, she couldn't see her arm. It was gone, but it was still gripping him. Ew. Isn't that crazy? Oh my god, I'm gonna throw up. She was looking at him like trying to get it off of him. Oh my god, no. It was either from the trauma or the blood loss, I'm assuming, but Mary was fading in and out of consciousness. Her left arm was severed just below the elbow, but with the right arm, because she was kicking and screaming so much, she recalls that it took a little longer for him to, quote, chop away at her. Oh my god. Again, as I said, she looked at him as he tried to shake off the arm that clutched on him. Lawrence then dragged her body, thinking she was dead, because she was lying there very still, and threw her over the edge of a cliff, a 30-foot cliff, into Del Puerto Canyon.
0: Holy shit. This dude must have hated women. So there was Mary,
1: naked and missing both of her arms when she decided she wasn't going to give up. Oh my God, I know this case. Yeah. <laughs> she said that the only thing she could think of was that if she didn't get up and get over this cliff, that he was just going to do this to another girl and she just could not give in to that. So she got the strength to push. The girl is a badass. She apparently got some mud to wedge into her armholes to help with the blood loss, which is really baffling to me. Like, what? Like,
0: wait, how <laughs> she you-
1: has no arms. That's what I'm saying. She's 15 years old. She just got her arms cut off and thrown over a cliff. And in her head, she thought, I'm going to put my arm things in the dirt to create mud so that it will stop me from bleeding out. Yeah, I would not have known that would even stop you from bleeding out. She just was trying to do something so that she wasn't bleeding so much. And somehow she got up the cliff with no hands and made her way to the road in hopes of stopping somebody for help. That's insane. It was nighttime and very dark so she could hear sounds of cars as she was walking. She walked nearly three miles until it was basically light outside. Oh my God. Vehicles were driving past her, considering, I mean, she was a naked woman heavily bleeding from her arms being axed off. So I'm assuming people were terrified. Mm -hmm. And she even said in her interview it looked like something out of a Fright Night movie. So, my God. She does remember one vehicle in particular which was, like, the first vehicle I think she saw. It was a red convertible sports car, and two men were inside it, and when she yelled for help, they just took off
0: even faster. Damn, I feel like I still would have called the cops, like, even if I didn't approach them. That's what I was thinking. I thought the same thing.
1: Thankfully, a couple on their honeymoon, Uh who were actually lost, decided that they would stop and help Mary. When interviewed, Mary said that she was trying her best to wave the cars down, but she was also trying not to move too much because she didn't want her muscles to fall out mm-hmm. and cause any more blood loss.
0: Oh so uh-uh. yeah.
1: They helped her get into an old truck, they wrapped her in a towel and got to a phone where they called the paramedics. She was brought to a nearby hospital by helicopter where the doctors worked tirelessly to save Mary since she had lost over half of her blood in her body and any other blood that was left had reached a very toxic level. Oh, my God. But you know what? She survived. That's
0: amazing. Like Holy bad shit. bad-ass biatch. hmm That's some bad-bitch energy. So, only just count how many times per episode that you do. I go, mm-hmm. 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 Oh, I love that somebody is mowing their lawn right now. Too mm-hmm. early for this.
1: What if I was still sleeping? Max, mm-hmm. can go inside and tell Joe to stop mowing his lawn. I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> okay, he's on the other side. While speaking to detectives, she was able to detail Lawrence so well that the composite render that they created from her description was so accurate. His neighbor, Joanne Eversoll, was the one to see it and call the police with information. Only ten days later she was taken in to identify the man who did this to her. When he was arrested, Lawrence insisted that Mary was a prostitute.
0: A quote ten dollar a night whore. So what? Well, she wasn't. <laughs> but like, no, I'm saying, like, even if she was, like, that is that does that like cancel out what you did to her or something? No, it also does not matter
1: what she was doing you did not have the right to um rape her sodomize her cut her arms off throw over a cliff so just putting that one out there yeah crazy crazy concept he also claimed that he picked up the other two hitchhikers that night and that it was another man named larry that did these things to mary oh he said he was being framed sure Six months after her attack, she had to face Lawrence Singleton in the courtroom. They were able to convict him of rape, kidnapping, attempted murder, and the brutal assault and mutilation of Mary. But you are about to lose your dang mind. Are you ready to lose your dang mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Due to California laws at the time, Singleton was only sentenced to 14 years in prison, which was the maximum sentence at the time. Maximum.
0: You're joking. No, I'll let you have even more of a moment when the lawnmower leaves. That makes me so mad.
1: Yeah, 14 years was the maximum sentence at the time in California. I'm sorry, but I just... Just because she didn't die, which was his plan all along, by the way, he thought she was dead, doesn't mean he shouldn't be charged. Mary recalls him saying when he was leaving the courtroom, if it's the last thing I'll do, I'll finish what I started. Ugh! Yes, let's let him get out after 14 years, right? Because that's his maximum sentence. Oh, wait. There's more. While this did lead to changes within California laws, Lawrence had already been sentenced. So he only served eight years You're of his 14 years, and he was paroled on good behavior.
0: Why do I feel like he's going to do something else? Oh, sugar. Oh, my God. he is. However, no one wanted
1: Lawrence Singleton living anywhere near them for his parole. They had to like accept him into the community, and during his parole, he basically had to live in a trailer on prison grounds because nowhere in California would let him live there. Mary's attorney did ask that he appear in court again to have him pay $2.5 million in civil damages, but Lawrence said that he was scared because he was afraid that he was going to be shot, so he never appeared in court. What? Mary's attorney did end up winning, but Lawrence was unemployed and had no way to make money. So he couldn't give her $2.5 million. So Mary was only receiving $13,000 from California's Victim of Crimes Act and $6,000 from a small donation made to a public fund in her name.
0: That's bullshit.
1: Oh, very bullshit. A previous prison psychiatric evaluation on Lawrence stated that he was out of touch with his hostility and anger. He remains an elevated threat to others' safety inside and outside prison. Yet, that was not enough to keep him behind bars. Neither was the fact that he had written multiple letters to Mary's lawyers and attorneys during the incarceration threatening Mary. I'm sorry. Like, how did we not... Yes. So he literally wrote letters threatening Mary about when he was going to get out. He was going to, you know, come for her. And they ignored that. They ignored the psychiatric evaluation. All of this stuff came to light
0: after they had already let him out on good behavior. That's insane. I feel like just for making the threats alone, he should be getting in more trouble. Right? It wasn't until 1987
1: that Singleton's Law would be passed to create more extreme sentences, and no early releases in crimes involving torture. So basically, it stopped early releases who commit crimes of torture, and the minimum sentence was going to be changed to 25 years.
0: Hell yeah, brother. So
1: after all this, a 69-year-old Lawrence Singleton moved to Sulphur Springs in Florida, which is a neighborhood in Tampa, in 1990. Despite people knowing exactly who he was, because he brutally cut off a 15 year old's arms, tried to kill her, Lawrence convinced his neighbors that, well, first of all, he was calling himself Bill at this time now. So Bill convinced his neighbors that he was set up in the California rape.
0: Here we go again. <laughs>
1: They bought the whole other Larry scenario because they just couldn't believe that this nice, you know, old little man, very ordinary looking Larry Singleton could commit a crime as cruel as those. Oh. But he was not finished. Great. I knew it. A house painter saw him attacking a woman through a window as he passed by his home. He contacted the police and they arrived at the scene shortly after. When the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department arrived, Lawrence answered the door, or Bill, whatever you want to call him at this point, answered the door, smeared with blood. He told the officer that he'd just cut himself chopping some vegetables. And then the phone rang. So as Bill or Lawrence went to go get the phone, the deputy peeked around him and saw the body of Roxanne Hayes, nude, bloody, and on the living room floor. Holy shit. Roxanne was a sex worker and a mother of three children. Lawrence Singleton said, they framed me the first time, but this time I did it. Oh, as he was led away, he said that. That was his statement. Ran out of fucks to give. However, by the time he was appointed a public defender, his story had changed. <laughs> oh, He said he will not plead guilty and... Once again, Mary took the stand at his trial. Good. Yes. Mary stated to the courtroom as she pointed at Singleton with her prosthetic hook, I was raped. I had my arms cut off. He used a hatchet and he left me to die. This time, Lawrence Singleton was sentenced to death. But instead of dying on death row, he died of cancer in
0: 2001 while sitting on death row. Damn. When would he have died? Probably way longer than that. It takes so long, doesn't it? He didn't actually have an execution date set mm. when he did pass away. In
1: 1999, so a few years before, Mary had actually gone to Washington, D.C. to testify in favor of a different congressional bill that was called the No Second Chances for Murders, Rapists, or Child Molesters Act. Yes. Right. While appearing in front of the members of Congress, she shared her details of her attack and how Lawrence had such a lenient sentence, and that is the reason he was able to kill Roxanne Hayes almost 20 years later. She concluded with this, and this is a direct quote that I got. I have now obtained the long overdue psychological counseling to help me get over my nightmares and fear. Yet, sometimes I feel like that confused 15-year-old runaway trapped in the body of a 35-year-old mother of two. No one should ever have to go through what I went through or what the children of Roxanne Hayes will go through without their mother. Unfortunately, the bill died in Congress. Mary Vincent wore prosthetic arms to help her quality of life after the incident, she went through so many rounds of physical and psychological therapy to help her with her injuries and trauma related to her abuse, you know, being tied up and raped and brutally assaulted and left to die in a canyon. When he was let out, she was convinced he was going to come for her, hence the letters that he wrote saying that he was literally going to do so. And she had really, really bad PTSD after his second arrest where she would just wake up screaming. Her mom even said that for a time after he was let out, her dad would carry around a gun saying that he was going to, you know, find Lawrence and kill him because of all the pain that he had caused his daughter, you know, Mm. then and for so many years to come after it. She was apparently unfocused and unable to work. She had no income, and she wasn't able to properly maintain her prosthetic arms after a while, and she even had to file for bankruptcy.
0: Damn. With the prosthetic
1: arms being fitted only two weeks after her attack, I mean, she obviously grew up, she grew bigger, so when her prosthetics broke or she outgrew them, she tried to find spare parts from broken electronics to modify them herself and to her own custom designs. Like, how smart is that? She's a genius. Yeah, she's she so smart. Literally made edits to her own prosthetic arms because she couldn't afford to go get new ones fitted. Amazing. Things did start looking up for her after finding her love of art at the University of Nevada. She ended up getting married and having two children, but did end up getting a divorce. And although she couldn't live out her dreams of becoming a dancer due to her reconstructive surgeries on her legs, she is now a motivational speaker who warns women of all ages about the dangers of hitchhiking And has a career in art, which consists mostly of chalk pastels, of powerly upbeat women, female action figures. She also creates um, portraits for commission. Her customized prosthetics are her own work of art. And she even has a prosthetic for bowling. Fun fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, the girl, the queen likes to bowl. In an interview with the Seattle Post Intelligencer, she said that she is a huge fan of Lord of the Rings and considers herself to be a hobbit at home. (laughs) She also told the Los Angeles Times that she doesn't want to be considered a victim forever. They quoted her saying, most people, if they ever put their mind in the position where something like this had happened to them, they would probably still be in the hospital now being a big vegetable but i've accomplished so much in my life i need to share that letting them the public know that this isn't going to get me down and that nothing will
0: sorry hold on he's drinking water so i didn't want to say anything yet (laughs) dang you can really hear him too he'd be sipping she's an amazing human being i love her how old is she now now 58 good for her
1: i want to look at her art yeah she's the queen of art the queen of the hobbits she is the queen of all of it okay so now that we know that miss mary vincent is good and okay
0: in her life like how did this case make you feel because i felt like i felt like men are vile human beings and i'm never leaving my apartment See, that's me. I'm like, well, once she
1: was a runaway and she was hitchhiking, that doesn't really mean anything. But she was 15 years old. I'm trying to think of myself at 15 years old. How could I even comprehend this kind of situation? And like, what would I do?
0: Yeah, I probably wouldn't have gathered the strength to pick myself up and walk to find help. Like, she is insane. She's a queen, a queen of the world. And a gosh dang survivor.
1: I haven't I haven't done a survivor case and as this being my first survival case, I am honored to tell her story because how crazy
0: is this story? Doesn't it feel so much better than the other cases? <laughs> It does feel better, but I still feel so,
1: I know she doesn't want to be a victim forever, but I do feel like so much emotion towards what she went through. That yeah. is absolutely insane. It literally is something straight out of a horror film. Yeah, 100%. When I first like went through all the details of this case, I just couldn't believe that. What, what I was reading. He chopped off her arms and threw over a cliff, and she is alive and thriving now. How? Amazing. Amazing. So, and he dead, dead. And he dead, dead. But we will get into the psychology of all of it now. So, psychologically, I agree with Mary when she said she didn't feel relief when he died because she never got to know what went through his head, like what went on in his head. Hating Women. Hating Women, yes. But in her episode of I Survived, which I highly recommend people watch, it's kind of hard to find. You can find it on YouTube, which is where I ended up finding it, because I tried to find it on Amazon Prime, and they only have the first season for free. And then all the other seasons, you have to have AMC something. And that's like $4.99 a month. And your girl balling on a budget. So, based off of court documents and police records, as well as some examinations of Lawrence Singleton, they basically said the psychiatric diagnosis of him is a paranoid personality, severe with schizoid features. And then the psychiatrist also wrote that alcohol was a factor by history. When Singleton was shown a series of pictures on carts, he laughed at the pictures of helpless, half-naked women below a man. So, ding, 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 ding. Erica, you are correct. This man hates women. And he was laughing at their misfortunes like a crazy person. Yeah, I don't like that I'm right about that. Well, no, I don't like that you're right about it either, but you did say that and you were correct. He was then diagnosed as schizoid and paranoid with occasional angry destructive outbursts on those weaker than him. Again, kind of pointing toward the whole not very keen on females situation. There was also a point where he was briefly committed to the St. Joseph Psychiatric Care Center under the state's Baker Act. A commitment petition was drafted, and then two of the St. Joseph's psychiatrists signed a statement swearing he posed a real and present threat of substantial harm to his well-being. Lawrence signed himself out, and St. Joseph's couldn't do anything about it because they can't legally hold him without a court order. So the Baker Act hearing was canceled. Nine days later, that's when he killed Roxanne Hayes.
0: Nine so this, I guess I didn't realize it was like a week later. Yeah. So this was a
1: week after he had a stint in a psychiatric care center. And this just could have so easily been prevented in so many different ways. And I think that's what's making me so mad yeah. is that California messed up the first time and they let him out, even though people were saying that he posed a threat and that he should not be out. Then he goes to Florida. He basically tries to commit suicide, so his family's trying to put him in a psychiatric care center. He's Baker acted, but he can't stay there because there's no court order, and he signed himself out, and then he killed her. Like I feel like I'm taking crazy pills at this point. I feel like this stuff happens with every case that we talk about. Flaws in the system, my friends. We need to figure it out. So again, let's go back to the diagnosis, starting with paranoid personality. Basically, just going to go over the definition of that. Paranoid personality disorder, also known as PPD, is one of a group of conditions called Cluster A, or eccentric personality disorders. People with these disorders often appear odd or peculiar. The essential characteristic of people with PPD is paranoia, obviously paranoid personality, a relentless mistrust and suspicion of others without adequate reason to be suspicious. This disorder often begins in childhood or early adolescence and appears to be more common in men than in women. Studies also estimate that PPD affects between 2.3% and 4.4% of the general population. So not a very common thing, his paranoid personality had schizoid features or tendencies, which can mean that the person or Lawrence Singleton in this instance may be seen as a loner or a dismissive of others and may lack the desire or skill to form close personal relationships. Obviously, he was traveling alone by himself in a van on the freeway and had no home ground, no home base, just was kind of drifting out there. Because you don't tend to show emotion, you may appear as though you don't care about others or what's going on around you. And that would be considered schizoid features of his paranoid personality. I mean, obviously they added in a bunch of other factors, his destructive outbursts, his anger, his alcohol being a factor. So there are other things that go into it that could cause his paranoid personality disorder or his schizophrenia to intensify or to come out in different ways. All in all, he was nicknamed the Mad Chopper. He died in prison. I hate that. Oh my God, I hate that. When I saw that, I was like, that's not what I needed. He died in prison and Mary Vincent is living her life in a positive light. So F you, Lawrence.
0: Happy ending. F. U. Lawrence. Damn, that's that was I crazy. Thought. It's so weird because I had never heard of this case until I was looking up like freakiest cases, and I think I saw like Reddit thread that was cases that have stuck with you that you'll never forget or something. And someone brought this up, and how she had no arms and she like crawled or whatever. So that's how when you said that, that's when I remembered. So obviously I was a
1: little, little tip tip on Saturday when me and Chris were talking, she came up to me and she was like, Hey, I just got all caught up on your podcast. Have you ever heard of this case of Mary Vincent? I was like, no. She's like, Oh really? And she starts explaining it to me. And I was freaking out mid bar. Mm-hmm. Got my little high name in my hand. And we're just talking about this girl with no arms surviving. And I'm like, I got to
0: do it. I got to do it. So crazy.
1: I'm so glad I did it. Thank you again, Chris, for recommending me this case. I hope you all enjoyed it. Not really enjoyed it. I don't know why I say that every time. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode like we're covering a makeup review or something.
0: (laughs) I hope you guys love the products I used in this episode. We loved your episode. Um, We don't like what happened. Thank you. I just need to figure that line out in my head. (laughs) Thank you guys for 6,000 downloads. Oh my gosh. Yes. We hit 6,000 downloads today, guys.
1: 6,000. And Facebook and Instagram were down today. So I was going
0: to thank you all that way. But you know, the world was having an outage. Yeah. Our jobs were definitely be having an outage if there was no Facebook. So that's back, right? Yeah, ads manager's up. But yes,
1: thank you guys so much for 6,000 downloads. We are just going to continue this. We are just on the train, and the train is going to just keep going. It ain't stopping nowhere, it ain't picking up any other passengers. Maybe it will, but they got to jump. Yeah, I want to have some guests on here. I know, I know. But yes, thank you guys so much. And don't forget to keep following us on social media. We have over 500 followers on there now, just like a lot more than that now.
0: We're almost at 600 there. Just once again, please send us your spookiest, creepiest, freakiest cases or whatever that you want us to do this month so that we can start researching them now. And make sure you guys follow us on social media, like us on Spotify, follow us on Apple, leave us a review. I was just about to say, leave us a review. I feel like we haven't gotten many lately. Yeah. And it's making me a little sad, guys. Hit hit assist us up with a review. Yeah, please. It helps so much. Trying to move up in the charts. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you on the next one.